0: So we will uh, we'll start reading First John uh, John not First John John one one through fourteen. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, became flesh. And made his home among us. He was full of an unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the father's one and only son. Let's pray. Father, the Christmas season has so many memories for us. Some good, some bad. And so um, we pray this morning that we can look at this text and be grateful and be thankful and be filled with joy and love because of what you have done. And so I pray this text would speak to us, would inspire us, challenge us, encourage us, and help us to, to find you in the busyness and the chaos of the season. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Um, as a pastor, when I when I was pastoring in Delaware, one of the hardest seasons of preaching was Christmas and Easter. And the reason for that is is everybody knows the story. It's like um sometime uh, sometime uh, one day um, somebody asked me if I'd ever if I would rather do a a funeral or a uh, a wedding. And I said, I'd rather do a funeral. Uh, not because I like dead people, but because weddings are so complicated. Funerals, you know, every bride has their own wish. Every bride has their own, you know, we're going to do this. And we're going to have these people do this. And and these days uh, the craziness of weddings. Um. But anyway, uh, there are seasons that passers uh, things that pastors would rather do and pa- things that pastors would rather not do. Uh, and one of mine was preaching uh, at Christmas and Easter and, and simply because everybody knows the story, right? Jesus, uh, is, is, um, uh, so you've got Mary and you've got Joseph and there. uh, Mary is, is, is pregnant, but not by Joseph. It's the, the f- infilling of the Holy Spirit. They come to, uh, from from Nazareth to Bethlehem, according to the uh, declaration of the census, and they wind up there, and they can't find a place to stay, so they find a, finally find somebody who will let them stay in their stable, which really was nothing more than a cave. And then you think about the cave: uh, Jesus was born in a cave, he was resurrected in a cave. Uh, one day, I am going to do a study of cave. The cave in the, in the scriptures, uh, because I, I feel like the cave is a place of rebirth, uh, and restoration, even though all of life is caving in around you, uh, Jesus does show up. And then you have the people around the birth, right? You have the, the shepherds and the angels. You have, um, the the pagan wise men who came from probably Iraq or Iran it uh, shows up somewhere between a year or two later you have um, Zachariah uh, Elizabeth and, and Zachariah uh, who were parents of John the Baptist so you got those people hanging around and it's it's kind of the same old story. And it's a beautiful story. Don't get me wrong. I love the story of Jesus. And we sing. The, and I and I kind of have that same relationship with Christmas music. It's like everybody wants to do a Christmas album, but they do the same fifteen or twenty songs. Give me something different, right? Everybody sings. Oh come on, are you faithful. Everybody sings. Uh, oh holy night, or Away in the Manger. And it's not just in church. It's it's throughout. I mean. Go find the country artist who's done a Christmas album, and you can see the same songs. And it's like, come on, people. We're more creative than that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I think that's why I like uh, uh, Amy Grant's Christmas album so much is because she's got original songs on there. Breath of Heaven is probably one of my most favorite Christmas songs ever. But when when you think about Christmas, it's the story of uh, it, it's the story of sweet baby Jesus coming in a manger in a in a stall to uh, a, a teenage mother and father. He was born in in a cave, um, but it's much more than that. Christmas is about the incarnation. And today I want to look at, at John one because I think it gives us a good understanding of, of what all that means and it ties um it, it, it helps us see the, the 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 Christmas event in a much bigger framework. And so today I, I am just I'm just gonna walk through the text. Uh, there is so much here and, um, so much that we can find uh, about the birth of Jesus and its impact, uh, on our life and on our world. And so John opens up, he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens. Wait. That's the wrong, that's the wrong text, right? Uh, that's from Genesis one, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's the story of creation. It's the very same language used here in John 1 1. This is uh, what most scholars would say is the creation event of the New Testament. That in this in this inbreaking of sweet baby Jesus, we have the story of creation or recreation all over again. In the beginning. The word that that word in the Greek is the word logos, logos, and it had a variety of meanings depending on who was reading it. Uh, in the Stoics, uh, there was a philosophy that was big around that time of uh, around, that existed during that time. It's called Stoicism. It's making a comeback uh, in our country. Um, fueled by some writings of a, a man named Ryan Holiday uh, stoicism or 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 logos uh, within the within the stoic understanding uh it was the rational principle by which everything exists there was no other god than logos logos and if you were um, if you are, were were um, uh one type of of uh, there was another philosophy going around uh, there was a jewish historian named uh, Philo or Philo I don't know exactly how to pronounce that um, but uh his understanding of logos was that it was the ideal man but without a personality so it was just this 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 image of the ideal person if you were a hebrew or if you were a jew during that time the the Hebrew word for word, "dabar," is connected to God's creative, uh, God's activity in creation. How did God create everything? And God said, "Let there be light." God created everything by His word. Uh, people were saved. Uh, Jeru- uh, Israel was saved by the word of the Lord. Uh, God revealed Himself over and over by speaking. And so if you were a, a Jew who heard this uh, who heard this text, uh, you might have gone back in your in your head and your heart to the activity of God in the world. And so Depending on who was reading this, the way you started out with the Word, the way you understood that, would begin to affect how you understood this passage. Although it becomes real clear who the Word is in a very quick, short minute. It says that the Word was with God. And the... the, 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 the is that a participle? The, the with... <laughs> Is um, it's a real distinct word that means um, uh, it? It only means with. It has a variety of meanings, but it only means with when it's talking about two people. And so uh, it's it's only when a person is with another person, and usually those people are in an intimate relationship. Um, for instance, if someone said. And, and this is kind of common in, in Scripture. He laid with her or she laid with him. We all kind of have an understanding of what that means, right? So there's this, this idea of intimacy and personal relationship that the word was with God. And so when John uses with, he's letting us know that he's actually talking about two different people. So the word was with God, and then the word was God in the, in the New Testament language it was it, the order is important. it says God is the word. there's four words: God is the word in the be, in the beginning was the word and God was the word. Uh, it was very clear exactly what. Um, John was trying to say here. Now i had a, um, I had a family in our church in Delaware. They um, they didn't believe in the Trinity, which is always kind of hard because a Trinity is a uh, a first. I call it a first order doctrine. It means uh, if if you don't believe that, you're probably not a Christian. Um, so I had, uh, uh, had, he was standing around and I had someone else ask me about John one and, uh, a fairly new Christian. And so we were talking and I I just kind of mentioned that the word was Jesus. And he said, are you sure? And I said, well, let's look at it like this. In the very beginning, when time, all of time began, there was the word. And whatever the word is, the word was with God. And whatever the word was, was also God. And so the word was both with God and the word was God. And then you flip down to verse 14 and whatever the word was took on flesh. So you tell me who that was. And so this idea of the word, this idea of creation in John carries with it the, the beautiful expression of the trinity of God. So the end of the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then he goes on to say, um, he existed in the very beginning with God. Everything created, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. In other words, and, and it's, John says the same thing here just in different ways. Jesus, the Word, was the create, it was the agent of creation. Everything that was created was created by the Word. Nothing that has been created was created apart from the Word. So John just says this twice. Jesus, the Word created everything. He was the agent of creation. In Genesis, God created by His spoken Word. In John, God created through Jesus, the living Word. And so, and so, John 1 is this expression of creation. And we think about the incarnation. We have to see that the incarnation is an expression of creation. So the word, again, is related to creation. The word, the word, the word word is related. Logos is related to creation. Creation. And so the word in verse four, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life, brought light to everyone. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The the word brings life. So the, the word brings creative life, but it also brings light. In Genesis, we think of the first thing God created. Uh, God separate, created uh, the darkness from the light. It may not be the first thing. Anyway, in creation, God created the darkness. He separated the darkness from the light. In John 1, Jesus' uh, incarnation... He brought life and he brought light, and that light separated that light shone into the darkness, and the darkness could not extinguish it now darkness um, darkness is a unique word in John John does a lot with light and dark the the darkness within the Genesis creation is, is, is God simply separating His light and life from the darkness that existed prior to creation. In John, darkness is the brokenness and the evil that exists in the world. And so, in the beginning, the word was god with word was with god the word was god the, the word created everything and the word brought life and he brought light and that light separated uh, that light shone into the world it shone into the brokenness of all creation uh, of of the brokenness of humanity and the the darkness could not extinguish it no matter how hard it tried no matter how hard the, the the religious leaders in the gospels tried to put out the light, the light continued. No matter how hard uh, Satan tried to tempt Jesus into uh, not doing what the 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 commands of God, the the light of Jesus overcame it. No matter how how much uh, the Jews longed to put out the light and life of Jesus through the, cru- the 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 crucifixion the light was never extinguished it was it continued to shine the darkness did not extinguish it it did not overcome it and so again just like in genesis the darkness was defeated And in the context of the, the book, apart from, apart from the life that brought, uh, life brought by the word, people have darkness because their deeds are evil. We see that today, right? I mean, there is darkness all over this place. Remember that little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel no i'm going to let it shine. the most beautiful one of the most beautiful things that that we can see is to be in a dark place and have someone hold a candle because that darkness cannot overcome that candle the light that comes from that candle i've i've been in darkness i've been in complete darkness there's a a a cave where um near where I'm from called Cathedral Caverns and, and they do a tour and you can go back about two or three miles into it and uh, they have lights all in it but there's a point in the tour where they flip the switch and all the lights go and you literally can't see anything. And that is a scary feeling. Everything, uh, everything in your body is kind of screams. It's like, everything is on alert. And I don't like that. And then they turn the light back on, and it's, it's a sense of relief. Finally, I have a, a way to go. I have, a, I have at least a, an idea of where I can move and, and see and a way to be guided through this dark, damp, deep cave. Light. Is important, and 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 people live in darkness, and they yearn for <clears throat> a light, and so the incarnation gives us uh, part of our mission as a church. There's this idea of recreation or uh, a restoration, and then there's this this idea of calling. That that we who are of the light, long, take the light to people who long for the light, even though they don't realize they're, they're looking for the light. They're looking for something. It's an invasion of the true light of Jesus. But this light does, it does do something else. It divides. the the light not only divides uh, it not only separates the true light from from the darkness the, the evil from the um uh from the truth it divides families it it even affected Jesus' own uh his own his own people in verse 10 it says he came to the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him he came to his own people and even they rejected him. And so that light divides the world up into those who accept the life and light of Jesus and those who reject it. And to all who believed him, this is what, this is the fate of people who uh, accept And believe and trust in the life and light of Jesus. To all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but from a birth that comes from God. And that's... There's nothing more beautiful than to see a person embrace the life and light of Jesus. And then we come to verse 14. Which is one of the most beautiful passages and and really the reason uh, I wanted to use this in terms of Christmas. So the word that we talked about in verse 1 and 2... The logos shows up again. The word became flesh and made his home among us. The beautiful thing about this, this one sentence is it gives us a, a, an insight into what God was trying to do. The word for indwelt among us or made his home, different Different translations use different words. It's the same word used for tabernacle. So the word became flesh and tabernacled with us. When you think of the tabernacle, what do you think of? It's that tent that they carried around. For, between the, the, the Exodus and the temple. So Solomon built the temple. What took place in the tabernacle? Worship. Worship. Where did Moses come face to face with God? Or, or not come face to face. Where did Moses meet God? In the tabernacle. And what happened when Moses came out of the tabernacle? Do you remember? His face shone. The tabernacle is a place where God and humanity meet. It is a place where, where heaven and earth collide. And the text says that the word became flesh and tabernacled with us. That this is the place where heaven and earth came together in Jesus, and it, it and it is the place where we uh, where we worship. It is the one who we worship. It is it is our personal connection to God. This is God in flesh coming to meet His people and to be involved in their lives, and not to listen from a prophet. Hebrews says. That God spoke in many ways through the prophets, but ultimately through Jesus. It's a place to hear from God, to know God, to be in relationship with God. And so that's that's the beauty of this, this word. This God in flesh came so that we could know him and love on him and be loved by him. And to hear from him. And to talk to him. God has chosen to dwell among his people in a very personal way. Now here's a little lanyap for you. Lanyap is a Cajun word that means a little something extra. If you were a Jew, if you were a, a Jewish person who grew up in um, a Greek dominated region. It's kind of how they describe this, this phrase called Hellenistic Jew. They were Jews by birth. They were, they were descendants of Abraham, but they grew up in a Greek culture. If, if you were one of those people and you had an understanding of, of uh, a little bit of understanding of Hebrew, which they would have, the word for dwell and the word for tabernacle come from the same word. And that word is Shekinah. Have you ever heard a a pastor or preacher talk about the Shekinah glory? Shekinah is the Hebrew word for glory. And so the, it's, 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 that's the most, the most common use for it. And so the glory was the visible manifestation of God. God manifested himself most clearly when the word became flesh. And so the word was the ultimate manifestation of God. And the glory of God was manifested in the world. And it was manifested, uh, as the text says, full of. Where did it go? Uh, unfailing love and faithfulness. And so on Christmas, what we find is we find the full manifestation of God in our midst. Full of love, full of kindness, full of grace, full of the faithfulness of God. And it's not about salvation alone, <clears throat> The Christmas event is about recreation as well it's it 's about the recreation of all humanity and the recreation of earth moving us pushing history towards the day when we will be in the new heavens and the new earth and so that the Jesus event is so Big, the Christmas event, so huge. It's it's not just about that sweet baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. It's about God in flesh who came and continues to come to reclaim and restore and bring recreation to everything. It is the calm before the storm in the battle for all creation. In fact, it may be the first shot fired. Now, here's the beauty of the incarnation to me. Jesus came at a specific place and a specific time to specific people. That's the beauty of, of the incarnation. It's the beauty of the Christmas event. Jesus came at a specific time, at a specific place for his people. Paul would say, at just the right time, Jesus came. But the the church is called the body of Christ. It is the visible manifestation of God, of the Trinity here on earth. And if that's the case, we are here. At a certain time, at a certain place, for specific, for this people that is around us. These people that are around us. And our call through the incarnation is to express the fullness and the grace and the love and the, and the, the nature and the glory of God to those people. We are part of the battle for all creation. Here, at this point, at this time, in history. And so, and so when we think about the incarnation, we think about the Christmas event, we think about the, the, the beauty of it all, it really has an impact on how we do things. As a church, and as a people. Because, because when you come, when you are at a specific place and a specific time to reach and share the fullness and the love and the, and the, the manifestation of God to a specific people group, you do it in a way that they understand. And that's our call. That's our call as a church. It's that's that's our call as children of God is to share the message of Jesus to specific people at a specific time in a way that they can understand it. You, y'all you are married or have been married. You know that if you don't talk in a way your spouse understands, it becomes real hard at home. Right? I mean... Listen, David doesn't communicate as well as David should. Claire has told me that over and over again. And I don't think she communicates to me as well, but y'all don't have to tell her that. We have to talk in ways that people understand. So the beauty of the incarnation, it gives us part of the calling that we have as a church to go into these people go and share the love of and grace of God to a people in a way that they can understand. When we send missionaries overseas, that's what we expect of them, right? We don't expect them to go share uh share Jesus in a way that we understand. We expect them to share in a way that the people group that they're working with understand. We are missionaries. Our job is to share the love and grace and power of Jesus. The message of the, of the gospel of, of, of eternity with Christ in heaven to people in a way that they can understand. And that could be, I mean, it's not in this community, but I mean... In some communities, you share that through through various kinds of music. Um, in the inner city, you might use rap. In, um, in the country, you might use southern gospel. In, in some parts of the world, you use different... It, it's, we incarnate Jesus in a way that people can understand. Maybe not so much the way we like it. Because heaven, uh, my wife knows that if if I were to try to pastor a church in the inner city, and we started, you, David, don't do rap. I am not a beatbox master. Uh, I don't know rap. I don't know, I mean, DC Talk is about as rap as I get. That's as gangster as I get. And that, that's not saying much. Claire would probably laugh at me if she were here. Um. But if, if we were starting, if we were doing the church there, down there, guess what? We would incorporate that stuff. Because you incorporate in a way that the people around you can learn and find Jesus. The world was in great darkness until Jesus came. And when He came, He gave us light. And our job as a community of faith is to take that light. To express that light, and the beautiful thing of of the Christmas event is all of that is wrapped up in one person we call Jesus, who was with God, who was God, and who tab, who came, put on flesh, so that we could tabernacle, we could live, we could be intimate with, we can know, and talk to, God, for the purpose. Everything Jesus did was purposeful. Everything God did was purposeful. For the purpose of expressing that same love and grace to a world around us. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, this season. Thank you for, the, for Christmas. Thank you for the reminder of your birth and your calling on us as a church and our mission. I pray, Father, that we could celebrate this season, that we could love on family and care for them. And, God, that we could be encouraged and loved on ourselves by what you did, not only in coming, but in dying and being resurrected. Thank you for this community of faith and what they're they're doing in our community. And I pray that you would love on them. Love each and every one of them. Encourage them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.